Father, we just want to thank you once again this morning. Come to your throne of grace. We plead the blood of Jesus over our lives. Yes, Lord, we want to revere you. We want to honor you. We want to exalt your holy name this morning. Father, we want to exalt your word. Father, because you said that you've exalted your word above all your name, and therefore, Lord, we want to praise you. We want to worship you, even through the ministry of the word, O Lord. And therefore, I pray, Lord, that you'd grant us, Father, hearing ears and speak to us what the Spirit of the Lord has to say in this last hour of time. To that end, I pray that you'd anoint us afresh this morning. We thank you, we praise you, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When the Lord led people out of Egypt, it's a type of of salvation. Okay, It's an experience of salvation. And we looked at, on Sunday, um, a very solemn warning, if you will, from Jude 1 and verse 5. Jude 1 and verse 5 will say this. It says, I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. You see, this is this is um, a very solemn warning. And um, what was the purpose for which he led the people out of Egypt? I mean, uh, there are several things uh, they had that they that they uh, uh, worship him and they serve him. That was the intent. Okay, let let my people go that they might serve me and that they might worship me. Where in the wilderness, not in Egypt. Get them out of Egypt. That they serve that they, that, that they might serve me and that they might worship me. And one of the ways that we serve and worship God is by really fighting the battles that God wants us to fight. Okay, if you, I'll show you a particular verse if you want to um, understand this context. Uh, one, one Peter chapter two, verses nine to eleven. Look at this. But you are a chosen generation. And that's exactly what he tells uh, the children of Israel as well. He says, I have chosen to you to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Right? You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. His own special people. That's exactly what God spoke to the people of Israel. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light and was ten, who had once not a people but are now uh, the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And verse 11, Beloved, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts that war against you. So, so the whole idea, the way you uh, express or uh, declare the praises of him, the excellences of, of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light is to be a holy people, a separate people, a people completely set apart for God. And when in the process of being separate, you have, uh, how do you do it? You abstain from fleshly lust, which war against you. So the con- continuous war that you wage against the flesh, against the world, and against the powers of darkness. And even as you do this, what you do? You worship God. You serve him. And you um, let us see another another verse in Exodus chapter thirteen, verses seventeen to eighteen. Seventeen to eighteen, two verses. Hmm? Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, if you can put it in ESV, 
Okay. I'll just read that in ESV. It's very interesting in ESV. Okay. When the, when, yeah, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Okay. So he said, okay, they're still not prepared for war, but look at this. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea and the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt Oh, equipped for battle. That means they were prepared and God was saying, you know what, I'm going to prepare you for battle. There are battles ahead. No, you're not ready yet. I'm going to sh- go, uh, take you through a, a roundabout uh, uh, route. I'm going to lead you through the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of water, okay, where you die to your flesh and one day you'll come to the place in Rephidim where you'll start fighting. That's the first battle that they wage against the Amalekites. Okay, but they were all prepared for battle. So what was the whole idea? I mean, there is a war that is going to happen. And I'm slowly equipping you, strengthening you, so that you will one day fight the battles of God. Now, as long as you're children, you can't. But I write to you children because your sins are forgiven. But I write to you young men, because of the word of the Lord richly dwells in you and you have overcome the evil one. You understand that? So the whole idea, therefore, is to equip us that we will fight the battles of God. And that, that, that battle is, of course, um, at three levels, at the, uh, at the flesh, level of the flesh, world and the devil. And we have to do it constantly, every day of our lives. It's just not that one day we are fighting the devil and you forget about the flesh. No, we are constantly waging these three things. And therefore, Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, I mean, 1 to 4, in fact, it's very interesting. Uh, He says, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among uh, among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others. In verse 3, therefore, you must endure hardship as a... Good soldier. And what is a soldier supposed to do? Fight. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And how do you, how do you fight? Verse 4, he says, he says, therefore, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Now, uh, in, in the, in the NKJV, he says, they all went out of Egypt in orderly ranks. They were all equipped. They were enlisted into the battle. I mean, whether they like it or not, 600,000 men equipped for battle. They went out of Egypt. I mean, that's a different thing that they completely were useless. They All the men of war, they died. They All the men of war, they died. And they did not fight the battles of war, of God. And God had to raise another generation. That's a remarkable thing. Yesterday, Pastor was telling us, telling us, if we don't engage now, God will pass us by and he will find another generation. And we do not want to be that generation who is not going to fight the battles of God. No, Lord. Lord, let us be that generation who will be found faithful and who will say, Lord, like Timothy, we have been enlisted into warfare and we will endure hardship as what? Discipline. We will endure hardship as discipline. Okay. I mean, like, look at uh, uh, our ministry for the past several years, several months. We've been, we have to, I mean, this is a training ground for us. 
equipping us for tougher things ahead. Okay, and it's a privilege to be <laughs> enlisted into God's army, right? Okay, there's no strategy, nothing. It's only seeking the face of God. Let Him strategize, and we we only follow our heavenly strategist, right? Understand these principles. Therefore, He says. You are a chosen generation, royal priesthood, etc. You are supposed to uh, uh, declare the excellencies of him who called you out of, out of darkness into his marvelous light. But how do you do it? As strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your soul. So understand that there is a battle and we all are being equipped for that ultimate battle. And everything, praise is a weapon. The word is a weapon. Okay, Prayer is a weapon. Everything is a weapon. How do you wield all these weapons so that you can win those battles is something which we have been we are being taught and verse 5 will say i want you to remind of jude chapter 1 verse 5 i want to remind you though you once knew this that the lord having saved the people out of the land of egypt what did he do he destroyed them those who did not believe and they did not fight and they were all destroyed so what are the reasons that uh they could not fight because they did not believe unbelief what caused unbelief is something which we want to look at today and we want to fight those things in our life so that we can become instruments you know of into in god's hand so that he we can be polished shafts okay and that he can send us into uh into into battle that we become arrows of the lord's deliverance it's very interesting right when elijah is taken up Okay, what does Elisha say? My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. Look at what he tells about Elijah. There is a heavenly battle which is going on. That heavenly battle is is being won by this one man. And he says he likens one man as what? As the chariots of Israel and the horsemen. Not the chariots of Ahab. You can have uh, 100,000 people army or 1 lakh people army. You can have the biggest army. But the battle is not for the strong. It is not the horse is ready for the, for the day of battle. Some may trust in horses. Some may trust in chariots. But we will trust in the name of our God. What does it mean? The guy, the guy who is one, who is connected with God is equivalent to the entire army. And he looks at Elijah and he says, Lord, you are the army. And he says, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And what happens to Elisha when he is dying? What does the, what does the guy say? The king, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. Isn't it interesting that one man is called the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof? Okay, let us convert it into, 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 into modern day, uh, equivalents. My father, my father. Brahmos missile. Bofors gun. Hmm? Intercontinental ballistic missile, ICBM. Think about that. What are you? An intercontinental ballistic missile. That somebody is struggling with some uh, some some spiritual problem somewhere in the other part of the world, and you can become an intercontinental ballistic missile by your by putting being on your knees before God. Okay. What what are you? Chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. Can you imagine? That is what we have been called to. And there are 50 prophets everywhere. They're all the sons of the prophets in the schools of the prophets. And there was only one man who was following the guy who's saying, you know what? I want to become the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. 
became. You become the weapon in the hand of, hands of God. Can God release you into warfare? Is a question that we need to constantly keep asking ourselves. And what has happened to Israel? <laughs> they were prepared for battle. <laughs> but ultimately they were not used in the warfare. And that's a unfortunate. I think they only fought one war in the wilderness, this generation. And then Sihon and Og were the different kinds of battle. I don't think these guys fought. All of them were, they all perished in the wilderness. Okay. So what is those things in our lives which will hinder us from preparing us, from, uh, being, being used by God in battlefield? Let us see. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, familiar passage, hmm? and verse 1 onwards, yeah, let's read, verse 1 onwards. Moreover, brothers, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. These are all the experiences in the wilderness. They all ate the same spiritual food, manna. They all drink, drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank the, of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. Think about that rock was following them everywhere. Interesting, right? One rock following them everywhere. Wherever they went, the rock followed them. Hey, we saw that rock at Rephidim. Now it, that rock is here also. At, uh, what is that? Uh, Kadesh Barnia. Kadesh Barnia also, it was that Rephidim, Kadesh Barnia, wherever they went, the rock followed. The Spirit of God. What, what an amazing experience. All the experiences, that's what it says. It's impossible for those who have one tasted the heavenly gift and powers of the age to come, etc., etc., if they fall away to renew them back to what? Repentance is impossible, he says. Hebrews chapter 6. Hmm? So, so what happens? They all had the same. But with most of them, God was not well pleased. Why? Without, huh? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. That means, that means, that means, they had all those spiritual experiences. They ate the word. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They were baptized in water. They ate the manna. They drank the spiritual water. And ultimately, all those things did not produce And if it did not produce faith, will they, will they be used for war? No. What were we? Like grasshoppers in their sight. And in their sight also, we are grasshoppers. That is their opinion. Ultimately, after having all these experience, this is their opinion. And only two people. 600,000 men and three enter in the promised land. One physically, one in glory. Even Moses also falls away. Unbelievable. This is a sad reality in even in the Christian, even in Christendom. Why is that written? It says all these have been written for our examples. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's read from verse 5 again. Yeah. Now these things became our examples to the intent, etc. We'll come to that. All those things happened to them and ultimately it did not produce faith. Faith that overcomes. Everyone who is everyone who is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Now, what is the problem? The problem is that people are not overcoming the world; they are being overcome by the world. That means what? They don't have the faith to overcome. That's that's simple. 
Well, Lord, why could not we, uh, we cast it out? Because you don't have the faith. Oh, you faithless generation, how long should I bear with you? And then, why couldn't we not do it? We could not do it. Because these kinds of things don't come with without fasting and prayer. Why do you need to fast and pray? Why do you need to fast and pray? To have to have faith. Now think about this. No, I was thinking about it. The unbelief of Isaac. How did it happen? Because he became a master of his, his appetite started ruling him. God promised to Rebecca that the younger would rule the elder. The guy who is supposed to get the blessing is the younger and not the elder. Now you, your appetites have so controlled you that now you are ready to speak blessing on the guy whom God hates almost. I mean that's exactly the guy who despises the birthright. You are ready to bless him. What has happened? Unbelief. You don't believe it. Because your stomach is and your taste buds, oh, make me that nice meat curry, please. You see? Unbelief is a, is a dangerous thing. We don't understand how all these, uh, this, these things creep into our hearts, into our minds. That is the reason why abstaining, abstaining from food for a, for seasons of, seasons so that you can prepare yourself and have faith. Okay, a burning stomach will be give you a burning heart. No, no kidding. If there is a burning in your stomach, you will have a burning heart. Some that's what one man of God was told by his mother just before he was she was passing away. She gave him three three advices. He said, "Wherever people call you, don't ask how many people. What is a offering? Don't. If you have the dates, give the dates." Whichever place. If you have the dates and if you have the time, go. Second, he said, whenever people call you, they'll be calling, they'll be calling you for food. And when you think that you still can eat a little more, stop eating. Because a burning stomach will give you a burning heart for souls. What an advice from a mother. What, what do generally mothers say? Did you eat better? Did you eat to the full? That is all Indian mothers. Did you eat nicely? No, that is Indian mothers. Spiritual Indian mothers, what will they say? Don't eat too much, okay? Let there be space in your stomach so that your heart will be burning. That's what I believe Sarah also said. Beta, eat, eat. Sarah, Isaac was nicely eating. Think about this guy, you know, the guy who started with surrender. The guy who was absolutely obedient during the times of famine. The guy who was, you know, became the envy of the world. And wherever he went, God blessed him. He made his enemies also his friends. That's the reason he says, if a man's ways please the Lord, he will make his enemies also become uh, come to peace with them. And that guy, ultimately, because of one's little habit of food, Boy, never take all those things for granted. Okay. Seasons of ignorance, God has winked at so that we can have seasons of fasting and prayer. Understand that. Alright? Let's go back. Now these things became our examples. Now look at this. Turn to Hebrews chapter 3. Okay? 
Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12 onwards. Hmm? But with most of them, yeah, beware then, brethren. Yeah, this is Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 onwards. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of what a word is that? Unbelief comes from an evil heart. In departing from the no, that you don't depart from God. You don't depart from religion. You depart from the living God. What does it mean? God stops speaking to you. Unbelief will cause the voice of God to cease. For 13 years, God did not speak to Abraham. For 16 months, God did not speak to David. So, God did not speak to Saul at all. Right from the beginning. Why? Think about it. He builds an altar. He inquires of the Lord and the Lord does not answer him. And that becomes a pattern in his life. It doesn't matter. It doesn't bother him at all. But not so with David. It bothered him. Lord, why did you stop speaking to me, Lord? Bothered him. When God does not speak to you, does it bother you? Something is wrong, no? If your if your father and mother stop speaking to you or somebody whom you love a lot, close to you, if they stop speaking to you, what? how you will go crazy? Remember, no, all those quoting this? Somebody stopped speaking from the other side? And you went crazy? What is happening? What did I do wrong? <laughs> Etc. You see? But exhort one another. How long? Daily. Because one day is enough to slip. <laughs> but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest in any of you... Uh, lest any of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Okay. And verse 16. For who have heard and rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? They all came out of Egypt led by whom? Moses. But they all rebelled. What does it mean? They were led by Moses, but they did not get the heart of Moses. Moses was a submissive, meek man. But we this, what are these fellows? Rebels. Now, with whom was he angry these 40 years? Those who sinned. And what is sin? Anything which is not from faith is sin for a believer. Okay. Whose corpses, corpses fell in the wilderness. And then, and then verse 18. And to whom he did, did he swear that they didn't, that they would not enter into rest, but to those who did not obey. So what has happened? They were led by Moses, but they rebelled. They, their corpses fell in the, fell in the wilderness because they sinned. And they did not enter into the rest because they did not obey. Why? Because faith has obedience. Dietrich Bonhoeffer's faith. Famous statement. All those who believe, obey. And all those who obey, believe. Cost of discipleship. That's how it starts. What a statement. All those who believe, obey. And all those who obey, believe. There is, that is the reason why it says, the obedience which comes from faith. So what's verse 19? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. They became useless in the wilderness. So what, what was the problem? 
Let's see. Let's go back to First Corinthians chapter 10. This is a summary of the children of Israel. The Holy Spirit is summarizing, not necessarily in chronological order. But this is a summary. Okay. First thing, it says in First, uh, First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 6. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things that as they also lusted. First is what? Lusting after evil, evil things. Second, they do not, they do not become idolaters as some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and to drink and to uh, rise up to play. Okay, second thing. Third, let us not commit sexual immorality as some of them did and in one day 23,000 fell. Fourth, let us not tempt Christ as some of them tempted and they were destroyed by the destroyer. Fourth, fifth, nor complain as some of them complained and were destroyed by the Destroyer. That was destroyed by the serpents and destroyed by the destroyer. There were five attitudes. Lusting after evil things, becoming idolaters, committing sexual immorality, tempting Christ and grumbling and complaining. These are the five things which caused unbelief in their lives. And what we have to do? Overcome these five attitudes in our own lives. And what will happen? We will also be a set of people who are prepared for what? War. Okay, turn with me to Joshua please. Chapter 1. Mm-hmm. Verse 10 and 11. Mm-hmm. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, Pass through the camp and command the people saying, Prepare what? You know what's the word for provisions? Food. For yourselves, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Prepare food. Prepare yourself food for battle. So what are we doing? Preparing ourselves what? Food for battle. This is all this is spiritual food for battle. Okay. This is food not for, this is not milk. This is food for battle. Alright. So let us see what are those things which will hinder us and how do we overcome them. First, they lusted after What things? Evil things. The word for lust is desire. Desire is not a problem. Desire after evil things is a problem. Now, the point is that it's just not, the thing is not a problem. You make it into an evil thing. It's very interesting. They says they become inventors of what? Evil. The invention is not the problem. The inventor is the problem. Understand? As we say, no, this is neutral. Phone is neutral. The one who is using it is a problem. And that is the reason why in uh, our GSS 10:30 after 10:30 all sw- phones switched off. Why? <laughs> we know <laughs> you're all dash of evil <laughs> inventors. Okay, they become in. So the desire after desire is not a problem. Let me show you some good desires. Okay. Turn to Galatians chapter 5 and verses 16 and 17. The word desire, okay? I say then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the desire of the flesh. Okay, lust is desire, okay, intense desire. For the flesh desires against the spirit and the spirit desires against the flesh. That means there are spiritual desires. So our desires which are God-given, have to be controlled by the Spirit of God and not by the 
flesh. That is the reason why walking in the spirit. Those who walk according to the spirit set their minds in the things of the spirit and those who walk according to the flesh set their minds in the things of the flesh. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Therefore, those who live according to the flesh cannot please God. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you, by the spirit, put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Therefore, my dear brothers, you are not debtors to the flesh. That means there is there are desires in in us which are God given. Okay, and what should we do? Take those desires and give it to the Spirit and say, Lord, Spirit of God, you become the Lord of my way. The Spirit is Lord. There is liberty and there are desires. That's the reason why it says, delight yourself uh, in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of it. Why? What What happens when you delight yourself in the Lord? That your desires keep changing. So let me give you some spiritual desires, okay? Let me show you some spiritual desires. Turn to Matthew chapter 13, verses 16 and 17. Matthew chapter 13, verses 16 and 17. Excuse me. Yeah. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men, what? They lusted, that's the actual word, they lusted to see what you see and did not see and to hear what you hear. and didn't. So what should you lust after? Revelation. The things of God. This is essentially the, the parable of the sower. Lord, grant me revelation, Lord. Lord, what does it take for me to get revelation? Because revelation comes from you. I prepared soul. What should I do, Lord? He says, Luke chapter 16. Don't have to turn there. Luke chapter 16. It says, If you cannot deal with unrighteous mammon, how can you be entrusted with Eternal riches. And what is eternal riches? Revelation. Okay. What should we desire after? Revelation. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 onwards. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 onwards. Look at what it says. My son, if you receive my words and what? Treasure my uh, commands within you, that you incline your ear after wisdom, to apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you desire, seek after her and search for her as for hidden treasures. Why do we seek, 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 search, 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 search? Because there's an intense desire. Okay. Many prophets and many kings also desired. Only kings and prophets desire? Let me show you who else also desired. Turn with me to First Peter chapter 11, verses 11 and 12. Chapter 11. Oh, sorry, chapter 1. What am I saying? Chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. No, 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 not chapter 11. Thank you. Okay, this is uh, verse 10 onwards. Verse 10 onwards. Let's read from verse 10 onwards. Okay? Of this salvation, the prophets, no, because the prophets and the and the kings desire to see these things, right? Of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, carefully, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, searching of or 
uh, searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. And verse 12. To them it was revealed that not to themselves, but to as they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Ah, things which angels desire to look into. Isn't it amazing? The prophets and the kings desired. You, the angels also desired. What is your desire? What are you desiring? Food. That's the problem. What did they lust after? They lusted after evil things instead lusting after God. Not the word is lust is intense desire. Epithemia is the word in, 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 in Greek, which means intense desire. The prophets desired after revelation. The prophets uh, desired after, uh, after, uh, after, after, uh, the kings desired after revelation. That means David also looked into it. The kings and prophets. Because David was one guy. Lord, show me, show me, show me, show me. And he prophesied, prophesied, but nothing, nothing was revealed to him. All that David wrote was for us. And even angels desired. But you know what God said? Even to the angels, the wisdom of God will be revealed from where? From the church. They are desiring. Prophets are desiring. Okay? Kings are desiring. What about you? What are you lusting after? Evil thing. That is the reason why how you revere and honor the word of God is so important. You see, we worship God the, the first worship service, right? When we start a worship service, we'll start with praise and worship. Praise and worship. That's the term that we use. Okay. Fine. No problem. Uh, we are using it very loosely. Okay. That is a degeneration of the definitions. Okay. Definitions get degenerated. That's okay. No problem. We praise and worship God. During the ministry of the word, what are we doing? Excuse me? Yeah, you're worshiping. You're praising. What are you praising? What is being preached? What is this called? Oh, so what are you praising? The word. Is there something like praising the word? In the Bible? Ah. Let me show you. <laughs> Turn to Psalm 56. You know what? When I read my Telugu Bible, <laughs> that is when I <laughs> came across this. Turn to Psalm 56. And verse number 4. In God I will praise His. Ah! Excuse me. Where did I put that? In my notes it is coming there but it is not. Oh yeah, sorry. 56, 3. 3 and 3 and 4. 3 and 4, okay? 3 and 4. When I am afraid I will trust in you. In God I will praise His word. So when you are actually listening all ears to the word of God, what are you doing? Do you praise his word? Or do you praise opinions? Verse 10 and 11. Same chapter. In God, I will praise his word. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Maybe because it was in brackets, you missed it. Generally, what we do is, because it's in brackets, it's not important. In Telugu, there's no brackets. Okay? So when I read it, I said, boy, this is interesting. Who was praising word? Praising his word. You praise his word when you're listening to him. You're not praising the preacher. 
You're not saying what kind of a revelation is. No, 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 no. What are you doing? You're praising God's word. That is how you're saying, Lord, I'm all yours, Lord. Lot of people, they're, they're intense, they're, there's no intense craving for God's word. Like yesterday, Pastor was saying, you know, when you are hungry, what is your stomach saying? Oh, feed me, feed me, feed me. You feel the, 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 the physical hunger, but do you really have a sense of the spiritual hunger of your spiritual stomach? See. As newborn babes, Crave, yeah, desire, that's a word. Epithemia, desire the pure milk of the word of God so that you may grow thereby. You see, that is the reason why when the children are growing, we do not want to add sugar to the milk. Spoil the appetite, adulterate the milk. You know what is adulteration? Adding impurities or whatever it is. To make it palpable. Sugar coating the capsule. Don't do it. In God, I will praise His word. Look at what it says in Numbers chapter 11, please. Turn there, please. Numbers chapter 11. Look at what it says in verse 4. And verse 6. 4 to 6. Now the mixed multitude who were among them, yielded to intense craving after evil things. What is the evil things? See, whenever you desire for something other than the word of God, that's, that becomes evil. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, who will give us what? Meat. Mutton. Chicken. Oh, this is what meat. They want meat. Hmm? Meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate freely in Egypt. Cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions and garlic with fish. Okay, That's a, that's a whole idea. But on, obviously, no, kacha piyaj, yare baba, kacha piyaj, chicken 65, taste. Sam is not even interested. Good, Sammy. Proud of you. But now our whole being is what? Dried up. Do you find our spirit like that famished? Dried up? There is nothing at all except this. Manna. Before our eyes. And verse 18 to 20. Strong words. Then you shall say to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. Think about it. Sanctify yourselves for eating what? A lot of sanctification happens to eat meat. Preparation. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. I mean, it's, it's very interesting, right? Consecrate means separate yourself. To do what? I remember those days when I was, a, was growing up, my parents used to ask me to get up in the morning and study. Consecrate yourself in the night so that you can get up early in the morning to study. What do we do? We don't do it. But tomorrow match. Ah. Australia versus in, uh, I mean, India versus Sri Lanka, 1992, I remember very well. Benson had just series. 19. So what we do? Consecrate ourselves. So that we can consume what? Match. So, it's remarkable. So, th- that's what we say. Prepare yourselves for Saturday morning. Saturday night. 
this what what we call this day of preparation so that you can consume the word the next day and god said okay fine i know you fellows your all your consecration is for the world and not for the word so consecrate yourselves for tomorrow and you shall eat meat for you have wept in the hearing of the lord saying who will give us meat to eat for it was for it was well with us in egypt therefore the lord will give you meat and you shall eat meat and what has happened they'll have 1 kilometer radius one 1 square kilometer radius of meat and uh, so much of volume pi r square h right pi r square into h that is the amount of volume of meat that they had you are laughing it's true because 1 km radius no it's a absolutely radius it's a circular uh, i mean cylindrical way the meat was poured by god it was measured in volume not even in weight for a whole month you will eat not for one five days not for 10 days for not for 20 days for a whole month you will eat until it will come out of your nostrils and you will and it will become despised because you have despised the the lord who is among you and have wept for him why did we ever come out of egypt that's what you said what were you do you you fell with intense craving you lusted after food so much food occupies your mind for us maybe some for some people it may not be food it could be something else entertainment maybe what occupies your mind and look at what happens verse 31 onwards 31 remarkable verses now a wind went out from the lord and it brought quail from the sea and left them fluttering near the camp about a day's journey <laughs> Okay, how much? How many kilometers you can you can go in a day if if you fly? Fifteen hundred kilometers, man, more than that actually. If you days journey, those days just journey will be at least minimum two hundred kilometers. Two hundred kilometer radius of meat, cylindrical rate. Nice one cylinder. It was like this one. Nice cylinder from heaven. If you see bird's eye view, circular cylinder. All around the camp, two cubits above the surface of the ground. Two cubits, and then what happened? And the people stayed up all night. Next day, gathered, full in homers. They are gathering ten, ten homers, and they spread themselves out of the camp, all around the camp, while while the meat was still between their teeth before it was chewed. The wrath of God was aroused against the people, and the Lord struck. the people with a very great plague and they all what died and that place was called kibroth hatawa you know what kibroth means kabar ka matlab kya hai grave kabar means kabrasthan kabar means grave kabra means one grave kabroth in hebrew means graves hatawa means of desire so that place was called the graveyard of desire so what happens right you keep on eating 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 and one day you'll die you have fought the race finished uh, that's what the placards will say is it true 
Epitaphs, right? They're all epitaphs will say, he has fought the race, he has kept the faith, he has finished. Ah, really? I don't know what race he fought, what desires he fulfilled. Understand that? From Kibroth Hatava. <laughs> Kibroth, what a place to name. The graveyard of desire. Kibroth Hatava. Kabra is actually feminine, by the way. Kabra means feminine. Kabra means grave. Kabroth means graveyards. <laughs> Graves. Hatava is, Tava actually is desire. Intense desire. It's a graveyard of desire. That is the reason why he says, you know what? Do not work for the food which will perish. Work for the food which will take you to eternal life. And I am the bread. I am the bread. I am the bread. Desire me, please. Desire me. If you eat this food, your fathers ate the food and they died. All kabra only. Graveyards of desire all around. Look at what it what says in Luke's Gospel chapter 15, verse 14 and 15. But when he spent all, this is talking about the prodigal son, right? There arose a severe famine in the land and he began to be in want and he went and joined himself to the citizen of country and he sent him to the fields to feed swine and verse 16. And he would gladly have desired, that's a word, to desire to fill his stomach. With the pots of the, that the swine ate and no one gave him anything. Ultimately desired. You know what? All this I desired has brought me to nothing. Lord, you should be my desire. I like that song. Joy of my desire. Joy of my desire. Meaning what? You are the one. When you satisfy my desire, it will bring me what? Joy. My dear brothers, let us not go out of after. Let us ask God for the genuine desire for the word. In other words, what gives you great desire when you get revelation or when you get food? When you get revelation or you get a new car? Honestly, I don't mind driving your Omni, okay? Only thing is my, my, my legs are getting caught in that, uh, in that place. Otherwise, I have no complaints because I don't desire any comfort other than Revelation, not even just word. I want revelation, God. What the prophets and the kings desired, you said you are giving us. And if you don't get it, what's the whole point? Not just the prophets and the kings. Who else desire? Angel. They are right there in your presence and they don't have revelation, unfortunately. Isn't it amazing that even the angels... Come to understand the wisdom of God through the church. What a tremendous privilege the church has been given. That is the reason why he tells Timothy, 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 be careful as to how you behave in the church, which is the pillar and ground of what? Truth. Truth is revelation. Upon this rock, I will build my church. And what is it? What is it rock? Revelation. Revelation. Okay. How did he do it? He gave us through his Spirit, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter chapter 2. He gave us through His Spirit. The Spirit searches the deep things of God and gives us revelation. Ask God for that revelation. What, what, what excites you more? Revelation or food? Things? You see, it's not a, the moment you start going after things more than God, that things becomes evil. 
Remember the story of that guy? He asked this God, what is, what is your, uh, uh, what do you, what do you, what do you want? Whatever he was doing tapasya to, to Shiva, I think. Okay. Shiva, some God, some deity. So Shiva appeared. He said, what do you want? He said, whatever I touch should become gold. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, what is it? What, what touch? Midas, Midas, Midas touch. Midas touch, okay. He said, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Are you sure? Yeah. Granted. He touched his throne. Complete gold. He went into his toilet, touched the commode. Complete gold. He touched his taps, complete gold. Touched his bed, complete gold. And one day, his son came running to him and he touched his son. He became gold. What is he going to do with that golden son now? A pillar of gold. That's what happened to Solomon. Everything he touched became gold. And ultimately, you know what he said? Vanity. Vanity. All is vanity. You know what? You forgot that and you went after something else. First is, do not lust after evil things. Lust after God. That's the reason why it says, the spirit in you lusteth to envy. You lust and you do not have. That's what it says. Let's turn let's to James chapter 4 before we leave this thought. James chapter 4 and verse 1 onwards. Hmm? Where do, where do wars and fights come, come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for what? Pleasure. That war in your members. <laughs> there is a war which is going on in your members. Stomach desires food. Tongue desires taste. Nose desires smell. Ears desire music. Eyes desire ambience. That is the reason why we go to restaurant, right? With good music. Worry, that place is beautiful. I remember, I remember Justin and I, just before we had Abigail, right? We went to a place in Panjara Hills. What an amazing ambience. We were felt like Nawabs only. Not Shaib Singh Sultan, okay? Yeah, Shaib Singh Sultan is also a place. You feel like Sultan. And they make that, uh, you know, Shaib Singh Sultan, have you been there? No, Shaib Singh Sultan, okay, good, you didn't go there, because nicely they will put a big hole in your pocket. Shaib Singh Sultan, they have a nice train in the uh, in the restaurant, restaurant is made like a train. What is the train? You know, chariots on, uh, uh, palace on wheels in India, the palace on wheels train, it's a, very, it's a replica of that, palace on wheels, replica of that is there, that means you enter into that, you enter into the palace on wheels. And then you have this menu, Nawabi Khana. And you have the music which is going on. Eyes desire ambience, ears desire music, nose desire smell, tongue desire taste, stomach desires, food, everything is given in this world. And ultimately, big hole in your pocket and you come out empty. Both in your pocket as well as in your soul. know what God says? Your ears. Start listening to me. Music. That music, nothing nothing in this world can satisfy, first thing. Start smelling me. The fear of God. I will give you quick 
to understand the fear of God. And taste and see that the Lord is good. And when you consume me, you will not only have satisfaction in your stomach, you will have strength in your spirit. What do you want? Understand this, my dear brothers. One of the reasons why we have become a people who are so, so useless in spiritual warfare, you know why? Because we lust after what? Evil things. Did they all go out prepared for battle? 600,000 men. Can one be used for battle? Okay. Let's go to, yeah. So you lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. But even if you ask, you do not receive because you ask amiss because you want to spend it upon your own pleasures. Adulteresses and adulterers, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? And verse, verse 5, don't you know? The scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in you lusteth, the word in, 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 in KJV is lusteth to envy. Lusteth to envy. Desire spiritual things. Desire it. Desire to prophesy. Desire to speak in tongues. Desire spiritual. Earnestly desire spiritual gifts, says Paul. Okay. First, therefore, is they lusted after evil things. Second, they became what? Idolaters. Let's turn to First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 7. <clears throat> they do not, they do not become idolaters as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and to drink and to, and rose up to play. What is idolatry? Idolatry is simple, exchanging glory. It looked at that several contexts. This is what God calls glory. We don't want that glory. You want something else. That is idolatry. Okay. Turn with me to Jeremiah. Chapter 2. Verse 11 and 13. 11 to 13, sorry. Hmm? Okay, but before we go there, we, let's read verses 4 and 5. Uh, and then uh, 11 to 13. Okay, 4 and 5 first. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. It's talking to all of us. Thus says the Lord. What injustice have your fathers found in me? That they have gone far from me, have followed idols, and have become idolaters. Okay. And verse 11 and 12. Verse, verse 11 to 13 will tell you what it is. Has a nation changed its gods, which are not gods? But my people have, what? Changed or exchanged their glory for what does not profit. Be astonished, O heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be very desolate, says the Lord. Verse 13. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me. First evil, the fountain of living water. Second evil, they have hewn for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns, which can hold no water. Which cannot satisfy. That's what I told you, right? You cannot satisfy. Nothing can satisfy me, Lord, other than you. Nothing can satisfy me other than you. Why was David a man of war? I feel, I believe this because he had this desire inside of him. Lord, nothing satisfies me other than you. Man was so much full of God. And then when he looked at all these situations in his life, 
who is the uncircumcised Philistine? First thing. And then, when things were going bad for him, he strengthened himself in the Lord. And he went out. What is exchanging? What God calls honorable, you change that to what the world calls honorable. That is idolatry. What God calls honorable, you change it to what the world calls honorable, that becomes idolatry. Psalm 106, verses 19 and 20. Again, uh, if you can put it in ESV, it will be great. 106, verses 19 and 20. They made a golden calf, or calf in Horeb, and worshipped a metal image. Okay, that could be a golden image also, but it's metal. Okay. Gold which is tested by fire also perishes, it says in First Peter. But your faith which is much more precious than gold. Verse 20. They exchanged the glory of God for an image of an ox that eats grass. That is glory. That is idolatry. You exchange the glory of God to an image made of ox. Romans chapter 1 will capture this in beautiful ways. Verse 22 onwards. See what it says in ESV. Okay, Put it in ESV. Professing, claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man Birds, animals, reptiles. Verse 24. Therefore God gave them up in the lust of their heart to impurity. You see how it starts? You lust after evil things and then the second step you become what? Idolaters. That's the that's stage. First you lust after evil things. Second you get, you're drawn into idolatry. That is the reason why the order in 1 Corinthians is fantastic. It is not that the order which has been uh, enumerated in, uh, in uh, the Torah. Okay, Numbers comes after Exodus, right? But what is mentioned first? Numbers is mentioned. And then what is mentioned? Exodus is mentioned. Because this idolatry is talking about Exodus. So it starts off with this intense desire for other things which leads you to what? Second stage, idolatry. And what is that idolatry? Exchanging the glory of God to something else. Two images of of of, uh, of corruptible. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, the first stage of giving over, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. What do you see? You give up God, and once you give up God, you become perverse. That's what Isaiah chapter 18 says. The Lord has mixed a what spirit in them? A perverse spirit in them. Perversity. Perversity. Nothing satisfies you. Verse 25. First exchanges, they exchange the glory of God to images made of corrupt as corruptible man. Verse 25. Because they exchange the truth about God to a lie. And worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. So first you exchange the glory of God to images. Second you exchange the truth about God for a lie. And what does God do? 
Next verse 26. Therefore, for this reason, God gave them over to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to what you see. It's a giving up of God to a depraved mind. Idolatry. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Oof. You should see, okay, I'm not joking. Even in Islam, they are now accepting transgender Muslims. Which is supposed to be the most conservative. If you want, if you are having doubts, look at the latest interview by Muhammad Ijab with a transgender Muslim. Oh, there's an outcry among some of them. But a lot of people have started accepting it now. Among the most conservative at least. Transgender Muslim. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's so sick to even look, think about that. And then Muhammad Ijab, of course, the guy is another one case, but latest interview. Muhammad Ijab and his transgender Muslim friend. See, that is how you see the whole world is going towards that. Whole world is going towards that. And who is the people who are supposed to really, really, really have a semblance of the holiness of God? Is the church. What should there be? Pillars and ground of truth. They should never, ever, ever exchange the truth of God for a lie. Never, Lord. You should become what of truth? Lovers of truth. Show you something. Turn to Second John. Sorry, first, third John. And then I'll show you Second John. You know, sometimes, you know, uh, I, I, I hoped John wrote more. There was a small, small chapter. He says, when he signs of the letter, he says, I have so many things to say to you, but I don't want to write it with the pen and ink. When I come face to face, I want to talk to you. I said, Baba, this guy, <laughs> he lazy fellow. I sometimes I think, you know, Paul was never a, Paul had no, no such problems. He started writing. Da, 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 da. Mm, okay. <laughs> but once God captured him in the, in island of Patmos, he started writing. No problem. Okay. Mm, no, no issues there. Okay. Sometimes Ferrari, Baba, why is this guy? He says, Oh, I want to write so many things, but no, no, I want to stay safe face to face. Ink and pen, I don't want to use. I said, Baba, why do you stop like that? And God does not, you know, that's an incredible thing about God is, He never forces anybody. Okay. Anyways, that's just uh, something which food for thought for you. Let's turn to third John chapter one, only one, uh, verse two and three. Hmm? Beloved, I pray that you, oh, please go and NKJV, back to NKJV, okay? I beloved, pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you just as you walk in the truth. And the next verse, verse 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. Kya baat hai? That, that means they are never exchanging any truth for a lie. And they are, even if the truth hurts, even though it is painful, they have become lovers of truth. You see? 
God gave them up to a strong delusion. Why? Because they did not receive the what of truth? The love of truth. Why did God give us up? Because Give them up because they exchanged the truth of God and they started glorying in their shame. God says, okay, go. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are in the United States of America. No? My children are graduates from MIT. No? My children are walking in truth. What gives you desire, what gives you joy for your children? That they walk in truth or they're famous in this world? Yeah, look at my son. Finally, after all the hard work I put into his life, now he's in MIT. Great, praise God. Or in, uh, or in Harvard, or in Yale, or in UC Berkeley, or in IIT. Whatever it is. Look at the next one, which I want to show you. Okay, turn to, uh, second John. And verse uh, 2 onwards, yeah? 3 onwards, okay? 3 onwards. Okay, let's read from verse 1 to one to 4. 1 to 4, okay? Like this, 1 to 4. The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth. And not only I, but also those who know the truth. This guy is truth and love, okay? The gospel, the, uh, 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 John is a is the apostle of truth and the apostle of love. You cannot be a lover without a lover of truth. You cannot be the apostle of love without being the apostle of truth. And you cannot be the apostle of truth without being the apostle of love. Otherwise, your love is false love and your truth is false truth. Truth without love is not loving. Loving without truth is not truthing. Okay, both of them go hand in gloves. Okay, Because of the truth which abides in us and will be with us forever. And verse 3 and 4. Grace, mercy and peace be multiplied. When will when should grace, mercy and peace be multiplied to you? When you are in truth. Ah. We will all say, let grace be multiplied, let peace be multiplied, let love be multiplied. Are you walking in truth? In Telugu, it's very interesting. Even as you are walking in the truth, let grace, mercy and peace be multiplied. Okay, all benedictions are subjective or rather uh, are, are, are subject to the fact that you are walking in, ah, that you have received the word even as it is in truth. Pastor bless us. Yes, we bless you. Okay. Grace, mercy and peace be multiplied with you, will be with you from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. You see, when, when you have grace multiplied, grace, mercy and peace will be multiplied when you are what? In truth and in love. Without being in truth and in love, you will not have grace, mercy and peace multiplied. We will be with you. Then verse 4, look at this. I rejoice greatly that I have found some only, some of your children walking in truth. I wish all. That's the problem. That's the reason why it gives me no greater joy than to see my children walking in truth. But the only problem is only some of your children. If she, when she would have read that, read that letter, what should that elect lady should have thought? Yeah, only some. Apostle, who are those people who are not walking in truth? Can you please tell me? Don't exchange the truth of God for a lie. Otherwise, what will happen? God gave them up to a strong delusion. When God stops speaking to you, slowly, all these things start beginning to creep into your life. 
What is the reason why he says, when you received the word which was preached by us, you did not receive it as a word of man, but as it is in truth, uh-huh, the word of God, which has got the power to work in those who believe, as it is in the truth. Therefore, those Jews in Berea were much more nobler than those in Thessalonica. In that, they received the word with all readiness of mind. But, they search the scriptures. How long? Daily. <laughs> Daily. To see if there, if we taught, what we taught was according to the word of God. And when they saw that it was in the truth, they received it. And it started becoming power. See, that's the power of word. The word has got the power to those who, to work in those who believe. Make it work in our lives. Let us not shorten God's hand because of our unbelief. And what causes unbelief? When you exchange the glory of God to a man. What is exchanging the glory of God to a man? John's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 44. Simple. What is that? How can you... That means, what is the cause for your unbelief? You who receive... Can you put it in uh, KJV? Pure. Ah, honor again says, okay, it's in, actually, uh, yeah, yeah, what, which, 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 uh, ESV, okay. How can you believe, believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? What is the cause of unbelief? Because you exchange the glory that comes from only God to the glory which comes from man. That is what? Idolatry. What people think about me. My opinion. People's opinion about me is the idol. God's opinion about you? <laughs> no, 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 no. That is truth. <laughs> People's opinion about me is a lie. It doesn't matter even if it's your opinion about your pastor. About you. Pastor might think, oh, Vijay is just so, 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 so. And you feel very happy. Maybe pastor is speaking about the things that you will become and not what you already are. <laughs> okay. It's like, oh, you mighty man of valor, no? And then you're looking, where is this mighty man of valor, Baba? <laughs> okay. Uh, your opinion about, what your, what is, what, what matters to you? That is the reason why it says he is not a Jew who is one inwardly, uh, outwardly, but he is one who is inwardly, whose praise is from God and not from man. His honor is from God and not from man. His opinion, that's the reason why the word for glory is in the Greek word is doxa, from which we get the word opinion. Orthodox, old opinions. Heterodox, mixed opinion. Okay. Paradox, Contrary opinion. But only one doxa will matter. The doxa of God about you. And what are you doing? You are exchanging the doxa of God. The glory of God about you and exchanging it for a what? Or a lie. And what God does? He gives you over. That's what he tells Ahab, right? Ahab, Ahab. Uh, Jehoshaphat says Ahab. Is there any not any more uh, prophets of God from whom we can inquire? There is one guy. Micaiah. But his opinion about me is very bad. I don't like those opinions about me that he has. He only speaks bad concerning me. No, no, no. 
let's let us not say like that no call him also so mikaya comes and what are these fellows doing they are fully robed in their kingly garments standing before him intimidating him say come on mikaya says should we go to kadesh barnia no no not kadesh barnia uh, ramod giliad thank you so much ramod giliad should we go to ramod giliad mikaya says okay go 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 god will prosper you of course there was sarcastic uh, it was a sarcastic tone did i not tell you only to speak the truth to me i saw the heavens opened and the angels of god and god was telling me who will persuade ahab to go to ramoth giliad so that he may die some people said this some people said that angels are giving them giving god counsel who can give to god counsel finally lying spirit comes and gives god counsel i will go and become a lying spirit in the prophets and i will persuade him that's exactly what is happening in this world what is happening people have exchanged the truth of god for a lie and they're absolutely comfortable in an environment of lies and they don't even wince anymore slowly 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 they now where where do they go for opinion cnn fox bbc what are you doing exalting opinions of men than the opinion of god think about it if god were to write you a recommendation letter that will be interesting that is the recommendation letter i want to have ultimately he will tell you what you are when you reach there let's go back we'll finish this thought romans chapter 1 was 25 onwards again huh because they exchanged the truth of god for a lie what did they do they exalted a lie an opinion a, a, a pretension that's a, that's what it says iniquity iniquity is an idea which which it empowers sin okay thou shalt have no other graven image sorry thou shalt have no other graven image uh, they shall not worship why because i am the god who visits the iniquity of the forefathers upon what is iniquity over here an idea which empowers your li- your lifestyle verse 25 they exchanged the truth of god for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever amen and verse 26 26 for this reason god gave them up uh, for their women exchanged natural relations was 27 likewise men uh, gave up natural relations and were consumed with passion for one another men committing shameless acts with men and receiving themselves a due penalty for their error and was 28 is really powerful and since they did not see fit to acknowledge god gave god gave them over to a debased mind finally your mind is full of ideas which are so horrible and so Uh, it's an abomination but what are you going to do you're going to exalt those ideas about the word of god in one of the lies that we in our culture are actually accepting now in our culture in india supposed to be the most conservative cultures in 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 one of the culture, conservative cultures in the world we are accepting the ideas of live in relationships now and you should see many of the web series now what do they do they exalt live in relationships so they have web series now where there is a couple which is very very happy supposedly in a live in relationship 
and the society looks down upon them. But they, you know what? Look at them. We are better than them. There is so much of hypocrisy in their marriage. But we are so transparent in our living relationship. What are you doing? You have been given over to a debased mind even in India now. I am not lying. I know so many of people who are in in India. It's a norm in the IT field. No problem. Everybody is absolutely happy with it. In India. And slowly all the other abominations are also coming. Slowly. It was already there. Now it's just coming out. It's becoming the norm. The new norm. The new normal. I had a friend from Gundur, right? We used to have these intense debates about all these things. Why should not we accept all these these ideas? Isn't it amazing? There was a movie. I don't want to name the movie because all of you fellows will go and watch. Which exalted a homosexual relationship between two cowboys and was given what? Oscar? And what do we do? We pay through our nose to support Hollywood. And watch movies once and two, twice and three times and four times. And some people will say, no, 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 I use torrents. So what? That means you are getting abomination for free. Think about that. And what do we have? Netflix subscriptions. What is Netflix supporting now? What are they supporting? Subscriptions go cancel karo boy. Every subscription. Not worth it now. I have to tell myself too. Idolatry. Given out to a debased mind. That's the reason why the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. What do we do? We demolish arguments and every high thing that exalts itself through the knowledge of God. Because you know what? Once upon a time, what kind of a mind did I have? A debased mind. A mind which was absolutely comfortable with these worldly ideas. Now the truth of God has come. First Samuel chapter 15. Verse 23. Hmm. Rebellion is a <laughs> sin of witchcraft. Stubbornness is as iniquity as all. What is stubborn? It's a mindset which is said, this is truth, I will not budge. This is what I have subscribed to and I'm not going to change my mind. And you know how debased the this mind can be? Let's go to Romans chapter 1 and let's look at the last two verses. Last two verses. Last two verses of Romans chapter 1. 31 and 32, if I'm right. Yeah. Undeserving, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. Who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are what? 
you know the word for deserving is worthy worthy of death you know from what's the word the word for worthy comes from the greek word axio from which we get the word axiom you know what the axiom means those things which do not need proof which are acceptable as truth you don't need proof they are very obvious you also know that these people who do practice such things deserve to what die but what do you do not only do the same things but also give credence and approval to those who practice them and say fantastic this is true liberty man this is true liberty what has happened first thing you've craved intensely after evil things second is what you become idolaters how do you uh, how do you become idolaters when you exchange the truth of god for a lie you become an idolater the opinions of men the opinions of the universities the opinions of 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 all these establishments etc than god but you know what god says those who honor me i will honor so what do you do i want to praise his word i'm not anything else some 138 was 1 and 2 <laughs> that's all we should do what should we do lord i exalt your word above every situation in my life what is that i will praise you with my whole heart before the oh my goodness before the gods of this world what these people call gods i will praise you i will worship you towards your holy temple i will praise your name forever for your for your uh, your name for your loving kindness and your truth for you have magnified your word above all your name i exalt this not anything that i feel because facts don't care about your feelings actually truth doesn't even care about your facts <laughs> truth i exalt your truth lord your truth even if i don't feel like it even if i am not uh, practicing it to the best of my ability but lord this is truth and i want to conform my life and my thinking to your truth and not want to exalt anything about anything anything other than your truth so you want to become a warrior put on the <laughs> belt of truth so that you can have the sword of the spirit hanging on the belt of truth so that when you come out when the sword comes out what comes out it dips itself in the truth and it strikes the enemy with the truth amen let's go to the next one was 8 nor first corinthians chapter 10 nor let us commit sexual immorality you see what is a so look at the look at that we got the order first what else what did you do desires have gone wrong G- takes you to idolatry idolatry takes you to sexual immorality it's a, it's the order this is a spiritual order that is the reason why the man inspired by the spirit is enumerating it in this fashion turn with me to judges chapter 14 and verse 1 Now Samson went down to Timna. Who is the Samson? The first thing said about Samson. You see all the things of the preparation of his father and his mother in till chapter 13. And the first thing said about Samson. What did what did it said about Samson? Now Samson went down to Timna and saw a woman in Timna of the daughters of Philistines. Finished over. Sixteen, chapter sixteen. 
Now Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot and went into her. Verse 4. After it happened that he loved a woman from the valley of Sorek, whose name was Dalila. Verse 5. And the lords, look at this, okay. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, entice him and find him. Find out what his, where his strength lies and by what means we may conquer, overpower him, that we may bind him to afflict him. And every one of us will give you 1100 pieces of silver. And look at how she comes and comes to Samson and openly says this. So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies. With what you may be bound and, and be afflicted. Can you please tell me? Look at this guy, he's so blinded by lust. And he slowly gives a secret. Verse 10. The Delilah said to Samson, Look, you have mocked me and told me lies. Now please tell me what you may be bound by. Verse 13. Delilah said to Samson, Until now you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me. Verse 15. This is the ultimate. Then she said to him, How can you say that you love that, you, that I love you? Do you love God or do you love me? When your heart is not with me, you have mocked me these three times and have not told me where your strength lies. Verse 16. And it came to pass when she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. That's the power of a woman. And now he tells everything. And now when she tells everything, he knows. This fellow has told me all that is in his heart. See, there are small, 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 small things in our lives. God is our... No, 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 no. Lord, no. (laughs) Don't say that. (laughs) No, 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 no. Let not this belly be my God, Lord. What are those? That's the reason why we need a community of believers, no? Who can keep us in check. People who are pursuing holiness. That is the reason why he says, pursue peace, hope and love with all those who call upon the Lord from a pure heart. Please. And be ready to put everything which is not of God to death. Because it's a doctrine. Look at what it says in Revelation chapter 3. Sorry, Revelation chapter 2, not chapter 3. Chapter 2 verses 12 to 17. And the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things say he who has a sharp two-edged sword. I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. And you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith, even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was killed among you 
where Satan dwells. Satan is dwelling here. But look at what it says. Verse, but I have a few things against you. Because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit. You tolerate. That's what it says. You hold. You have those who hold the doctrine. You have allowed them to be there. What should I have done? Psalm 106. Verse 28 onwards. Onwards, okay? And you should know where I should, where you have to stop, okay? They joined themselves to Baal of Pure. And they ate sacrifices made to the dead. They provoked him to anger with their deeds and the plague broke out among them. And ah, Phineas stood and intervened. This is what it is, what is important. Phineas with a spear. I always keep tell, asking my Phineas in my, in my school, whose Phineas are you? Son of Eli? Son of Eliezer? He starts scratching his head. <laughs> uh, Eli- no, no, no. Eliezer. Eliezer. No. Yeah, good. Because you have Phineas, son of Eli, total compromiser. And you have a Phineas, son of Eliezer. That's interesting. Eliezer is the name of the Holy Spirit. Okay. The son of the Holy Spirit, in other words. Very interesting. Stood up and intervened and the plague stopped. How did he stop? He took a spear. What is it? It's violent against sin. You know, one is sexual immorality is just one one thing because he says any any sin that you commit is outside the body but this you commit against your own body to keep yourself this is the will of god that you abstain from sexual this is it that you each one of you know how to possess your own bodies in honor this is the will of god why because we are living in a generation isn't it brother we are totally saturated and baptized in this environment, is baptized with sexual immorality. Everywhere you see. There's no shame at all anymore. We have lost that sense of shame. Even in our own country. Which, think about it, no? See, after the start of web series, is there any restrictions anymore on people? The wild things which have been given for, not for group viewing, for individual viewing now. That is the reason why you know what Jesus says, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your hand causes to sin, cut it off. If your legs cause you to sin, pluck it off. Cut it off. Be ruthless. May the Lord grant us that grace, that desire. This is what is desire. To fight sin. Well, just not fight sin. Fight the idea which causes to sin. Both these things are important. You remember the whole thing about priesthood of Phineas. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Verses 2 onwards. 
Actually, let's read from one of verse one of us. Okay. Therefore, we also, since we have surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which so easily. Okay, now very interesting. What is the word which you have to look into and focus on? Huh? No. Ah, easily. Thank you so much. Ah. And who's writing this? I don't know if it's Paul. Paul is saying sin will easily ensnare us. And he's including himself there. That means easily ease ka matlab kya hai? It doesn't have to put much effort. Sin is always crouching at the door. And it can easily ensnare you. Why? Because you are such a dumb target, basically. You are a dumb-dumb when it comes to sin. Be excellent at what is good. Be innocent of evil. No, but we are on the other side, contrary to the other thing, right? We are innocent of what is good and excellent at evil. And therefore, sin easily ensnares us. Is hare, it's the Vijay hare. I know how to easily trap him. <laughs> and make him useless and powerless. Basically, one look for Samson is enough. Easily. And let us run with endurance. The race that is set before us. Isn't it interesting? We can be in a powerful meeting and immediately with ease slip. Maybe in our word. Very easily <laughs> we speak out. Look in, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith for the joy that was set before him endured the cause, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And verse 3, for consider, for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not resisted to bloodshed. What? What is the word for striving? Agonizing against sin. Agonizing against sin. Okay. That means this is again a mindset. That is the reason why it says, arm yourselves with the same mind for those who have suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Let's look at that. First Peter chapter 1, 4 verses 1 and 2. For Christ also did the same thing. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same mind. That means what? You know what? You're becoming a what? A soldier, right? You want to be used by God. Can God use unholy vessels? Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same mind for he who has suffered in the flesh has. What is, what is cease? Full stop. From sin. What I'm talking about known sin. There could be some other thing which is there in our heart. I'm not talking about unknown sin. But as far as known sin is concerned, you're conscious about it. And you're fighting it. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm passionate about these things because I, I want to fight it in my own life. I want to join myself to Balpure. Join. Because those, if you join, that's exactly what happened to Solomon, right? He joined himself to, huh. And then you know what Nehemiah does? He slaps them. Ezra weeps. Nehemiah slaps. 
He pulls that beard and he says, don't you remember Solomon? And look at the attitude of Phineas. These fellows who have gone to the other side have made a big altar. Just before crossing Jordan. These, they have sent Phineas. And Phineas says, don't you know what happened to us in Balpur? Until now we have not become holy from that sin. And so easily you have fallen. So quickly. Because sin, ah, easily enslaves us. My dear brothers, let us be counted among those people who have the spear in their hands. Like Phineas. Let's go back now. <clears throat> Last two, quickly. Verse 9 and 10. Now let us tempt Christ as some of them tempted and were destroyed by the serpents. Now we know the context in Numbers chapter 21. It's actually there. But I just want to look at one thing. See, what is tempting Christ? How far can I go away <laughs> from God and still not fall into sin? How much can I stretch God? God places us within walls and boundaries. Don't break the walls and tempt Christ. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. And I have what? An excellent inheritance. Lord, thank you for the boundaries that you have placed around me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I'm content. Why? Ecclesiastes 10 verse 8. You know this verse very well. He who digs a pit, falls into it. Mm -hmm. He who breaks through a wall, may be bitten by a serpent, will be bitten by a serpent. Will. So thank God for the walls that we are rising up and building. Okay. And after the walls, and what are those walls? Walls are called the walls of salvation, it says in Isaiah. And what is the gates? Gates are called praise. The walls of salvation. What does salvation mean? Saving, savior. You are not only saved from the penalty of your sin, you are being saved from the power of sin and the pleasure of sin. So the walls, the walls of salvation, please be within those walls of salvation. Don't break through those walls. And let there be gates of praise. Praise. What are gates? We are the gates. Be lifted up, O you gates, and those everlasting doors. And let the king of glory come in. Let the gates only be for the king of glory and not for anything. What are the gates? Ear gate, eye gate. These are all gates. So listen to the things which will strengthen you in the faith. Look at those things which will strengthen you in the faith. Taste those things, we will strengthen you in the faith. Smell those things where you know where is fear of God is there and where fear of God is not there. Because this is the fear of God. They should depart from evil. Don't tempt Christ. Finally, let's go back to First Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 10. Don't complain or grumble. Okay, that was the word gonguzmo. Don't complain. Don't murmur. Don't murmur. Don't complain. And don't be destroyed by the destroyer. Don't complain. When do you complain? For many of us, we get complained when the word gets tough. Okay? Let's look at John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 60. And 61. <clears throat> How do you know that you complain? We'll show you. 
Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, they said, this is a hard teaching. Who can understand it? You understood it very well. You're pretending as if you didn't understand. I, you know how I, how you understood it? You know how I, I, you know, you know how you understood the word? When that, when Jesus knew in himself that the disciples complained or murmured about this, he said, does this, ah, it offended you. I know you understood. Don't say you didn't understand. You understood very well. The problem is not, not that you didn't understand. You were, ah, offended. You are offended. That's a problem. <laughs> you see, very, very nicely you understood. You think that my children don't understand what I say? Oh, they understand very well. Some of the things that tell me that I get stunned. They understand, they understand the word of God so well now because having, having been in Grace Tabernacle Church for such a long time. Don't think that they don't understand. They understand very well. But the problem is it's not with understanding. It's with the offense part. Not with the understanding part. You understand very well. But the problem is after you understood, you get offended. Let us not have place for offense. Okay. See, offenses will come. Okay. Whatever offenses will come. But this one good offense... If it is offense because of the word of God, it's a good thing. Okay, in good thing, I'm not saying it in a, in a positive way, in a negative way. I'm saying it, but it means that something there inside of you, God, God wants you to correct. Don't complain. Don't murmur. These are attitudes. Whatever you say about me, Lord, I will receive it because I want to be used in your hand. Understood? Let's look at the last verse for the day. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 20. But in a great house, 20 onwards, okay? But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself of the latter. That means, what is that? Whatever is dishonorable among you, take it off. He will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Now look at this. It is sanctified. It is useful. It is prepared. Is the master still using it as of now? Not yet. Maybe. I don't know. But what is your job? To sanctify yourself, to make yourself useful to the master, and to be prepared for every. That is your part. God will. If you have this attitude, God will use it. Amen. Otherwise, you know what? You will be stuck with unbelief. Overcome these things. Let's look at the last verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 10. Sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 10. Therefore, uh, not complain and verse 11. Verse 11. <clears throat> verse 11. Now all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition. So the question is, did you receive admonition? Upon whom's the ends of the ages have come? The ends of the ages have come upon us. The ages come at time. The end of time has come upon us. It is the last hour. Many antichrists have gone into the world. 
And who is the Antichrist? That who denies that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is the Antichrist. And what does he deny? That Jesus was also in the flesh. And he suffered in the flesh. And he ceased from sin. Therefore you can also suffer in the flesh. And cease from having the same mind. Arming yourself with the same mind. Let's ask God for grace this morning. So that we can be prepared in the hands of the master. For his good work. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we pray, Father, for all of us once again this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would find among us a people who have surrendered themselves to you. That we will have an attitude. As Paul tells Timothy, let us all endure hardship as discipline, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Because he who has been called as a soldier will not entangle himself in in civil affairs. But he will make his aim to please the one who has called him to be a soldier. And your word says, without faith, it is impossible to flee. Please God. And we do not want to fall away like the children of Israel. Who were prepared for battle, but were never used because of unbelief. And therefore I pray, Lord Jesus, make us into vessels of honor in your kingdom. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.